0: Hey guys, Walter Fetchik here to tell you that Unicorn.com may be the world's premier esports betting site, but they're also your best bet for keeping up with all the esports you love. With their site's newest update, they've reinvented their Live Now system and created a TV Guide style layout to find out when your favorite teams will be playing next. And if that isn't simple enough, they've even added a search bar to help filter it down even further. And you know, even if you aren't a gambling fan, Unicorn's newest update is a must-have for any esports fan. And you might even discover your favorite new writer in their news section, we have got my man Drowling with some excellent CSGO content, and you can find some fantastic articles from my lovely co-host, Chase Wassener, as well. So check out the new layout at Unicorn.com, because there are a few places where you can stay up to date on all your favorite esports, and Unicorn can help. Unicorn.com. Welcome to the new E Sports Book. Hello, Internet. My name is Walter Sandy Satchuk, and welcome. To the finals edition of the 2017 EU LCS Summer Split <laughs> guest lines uh, show, uh, as you can see, Chase is is vigorously thrusting his fists in the air. He doesn't even know who Daniel Bryan is, and doesn't know why that's remotely funny. In any regard. And um, I have I've not been looking forward to this episode. In fact, I've been so not looking forward to this episode, I forced my computer to crash as we tried to record a first take of it. And because karma hates me, I have to have this conversation for a second damn time and, and record it for the universe to see because I have to eat a lot of crow because Misfits are going to be a top-two team in the European LCS. And as Chase so poignantly pointed out to Power of Evil today, he was the only person, the only analyst on this entire planet that picked them to be a top-two team at the end of the split, at the beginning of the split. So, so Chase, Redshirt King, the Misfits fanboy Wassenaar... My co-host and I don't know if we'll be friends after this because I'm not I'm not used to being on the other side of this so <laughs> I, I'm I'm very I'm very lukewarm about how like cocky Chase is going to be, um but but take the floor have have your few minutes of I told you so I told you so I, th- the floor is yours good sir.
1: Look, it would be very easy for me to say, I told you so. And I could point to all of the YouTube comments on our preview episode, where just about everybody told me that I was a moron and I had no idea what I was talking about. And I I could point to uh, the article I wrote on Power of Evil in which I listed out exactly how they could fix these problems and how it would make them a better team. So, you know, and I could point out that all of the things that I said in the preseason came true. And in the the way that they needed to succeed relied on the three factors that I identified as places in which I thought they would improve. And in fact, they did improve. I could do all of that. Or I can just sit here and say, how you like me now? Oh, man, this is the second proudest I've ever been of a prediction that I've made on this show. Uh, The only one I was happier with was the one I did in the pre-Walter era which is just crazy to think about where I thought that Faker joining SKTS would make for a pretty good team. And then they won the world championship. So I felt pretty good about that one as well.
0: Four, three, four times now? Three, three times
1: now, but it was two times after that moment. I got to, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where we, we just, let's ignore that in week three, I apologized for my prediction and told you all that I was wrong and that it was silly for me to even bring it up. And let's, Ignore the fact that last week I said on this show that they didn't stand a chance against Fnatic because past Chase had his eyes on the prize. And I think that honestly, as exciting as it is that I was right, because I was, I was indeed right, It's more exciting that this Misfits team is now good. This is the Misfits team I wanted to see. This is a much more fun team than the team that we saw in the regular season. Now they have these moving pieces that know how to work together. Now they have this team fighting that's incredibly cohesive. They have an identity that actually has a chance to succeed at a significant level. And they're gonna go to Worlds with more momentum behind them than any of these other potential European teams. Maybe G2, but G2 we'll get to later on. I have problems with both of them and Misfits right now, but the momentum is clearly in Misfits' favor. They have improved substantially uh, after reworking that system, as we pointed out, towards the end of the split. And it's great to talk about how I was right, because I was right. But what's more important is that we're in for a very fun final series, I think probably a more fun final series that had it been yet another Fnatic versus G2 matchup. This is going to be a really interesting back and forth as to... Uh, How these teams match up against each other and I can't wait to talk
0: about it That's this is fair. Um, this is fair. You were you were correct. I I will eat my crow They are a top two team at the end of the day and I'm very excited because because the new the new look Misfits has really sort of pushed Han Sama into the eighty carry that I thought he would be but we'll get to Misfits in, in a few minutes There is another match that's gonna take place this week. That's not a championship match It is a third place match It is between two teams that in all reality um shouldn't be in the third place match. They should actually be this should be the championship match. Um, but both teams just decided not to show up this past weekend. They decided that, nah, European championship isn't important. whatever it's just a title it's just a it's just a trophy like it's just an automatic shot at worlds like i don't care about that we'd rather fight in the gauntlet like who cares um in, in h2k and in Fnatic, and i want to focus on h2k first because they did make the semifinals finals of world last year with a big asterisk on it if you want to be that kind of person it was a massive asterisk
1: and i do For the record. That's
0: fine. I do do not normally, but I think in this case you have to because that to me is when you make a box plot and there's that one little line all the way at one end, like this is that. That's the aberration. That's the exception to the rule that then proves the rule about everything else. Chase, H2K are just massive choke artists. Is it choking
1: if the system was never designed to succeed in this spot in the first place? Is this choking anymore? Okay. Or is this a problem with Crawley, the three-time coach of the split, uh, z- with zero finals appearances—not just victories, appearances—in the three years in which he has been a coach, and uh, one with, playoff victory, with w- a whole one playoff victory. He has a whole one to his name, uh, and zero playoff wins in this in the 2017 season, despite getting two of his coach of the split awards this year. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of it because we have diminished what it means to be a coach in hopes of praising who probably is as a person and as an analyst. And I do want to ex- say before I, I criticize him, he is a, first of all, great guy. Um Everyone loves him for a reason. Uh, he's uh, just very approachable person, someone who loves to talk shop about League of Legends and can do so very eloquently. He's very good at understanding the meta and what's good at a specific point in time and how his team can incorporate that into the strategy that he has built. You know, we know what H2K's style of play is and we know that in just about every meta, they're going to play whatever that is. He just tells them, these are the champions that are good, learn them, we're going to play them and then we're going to do our thing. And so he clearly has a knowledge of the game. But you need three things to be a great coach. And this is something I think that people are missing. The first thing is you have to be able to play to your own advantages. And I think that in this series, H2K very much did not. Uh, I see, you know, too many times we see Yankos on something like this Gragas. And while Gragas does have some early gank potential, it's nowhere near as aggressive and as snowball-y as Yankos is usually want to do. He's really good at accelerating the game, and H2K are really good at taking advantage of those kind of snowballing opportunities. And when he's playing Nunu and Gragas, he's not going to be able to do that with any real efficiency. So you're kind of sacrificing things there. I thought that, in general, they put Fabiven into tough matchups. I actually really liked his Game 2 on Orianna. I thought he had a great game there. Game 3, I thought he tilted off the planet. But throughout all of it, he was being put in these very difficult matchups with Power of Evil instead of putting him in in a place where he could feel secure, where he could be that focal point of the offense like he had been for most of the season. So they didn't really understand their own win condition. And it really didn't feel like they understood uh, G2's win condition. We know who G2 is. They like to team fight in the late game. They like to grab those fights and then they get a Baron and then they just close very cleanly and crisply because as soon as they get that objective, they know exactly what to do with it. And they are a great team fighting team, but they have had huge weaknesses specifically in trick's champion pool that could have easily been targeted here. You have Yankos, a guy who you want to counter jungle and trick a guy who, when he's put on the back foot, this team falls at least two tiers in terms of what they're capable of. And you give Sijuani away all three games. The one thing in this meta that we know Trick can play, not just well, but really well. it, It felt like you were just playing into their hands and throughout all of these compositions, I felt like they got everything they wanted. I never felt like they were having to stretch beyond their comfort zone for a pick. These were very typical G2 comps that were being given time because H2K wasn't pushing their advantages. And had every tool that they wanted in their toolbox. And so you can't do that. And the third and biggest problem that I have, if you're going to be a three-time coach of the split in six possible opportunities, you have to show me that you understand how to adjust mid-series. Because at some point, new information comes in, and you have to be able to take that and be able to... You know, adapt and shift your plan to account for what you're getting as new information in a series. And if I'm going to slam Splice for throwing away that series against Misfits in the spring because they kept locking in on that cannon pick and wouldn't accept that it wasn't working, then I have to wonder why in the world H2K thought it was a good idea to give G2 almost an identical team composition in game three to the one that crushed them in game two. It, to me, it speaks to a hubris, this idea of like, oh, it's not that our system's the problem, it's that we didn't execute. Next time we'll execute better and everything will be okay. G2 was doing everything they wanted. And at some point, if you're going to give the Sejuani away and the Cass and the, the Verus, I don't know what to tell you. you. You've given G2 exactly what they wanted and you shouldn't be surprised that you got your, your face kicked in on, on those last two games. And so at this point, I, I'm just... This is just who Prawley is as a coach. He's a great analyst, a likable guy, someone I would love to see be a caster within the European scene. Like, I want to hear, I would love for him to have a podcast. I would watch his podcast every week if he wanted to talk league and, and everything else. But as a coach, I'm done. I'm just, I'm done. I don't care anymore. I don't believe in him. I don't think that he understands what it takes to get to that next level. And there is too much talent on this H2K team to fall short every single
0: time. Now now, now here's the thing. It, it, it's it's funny that it, it that to me that you're putting all the failings on, on probably as a as a coach because in the NFL like it, it takes like a Rex Ryan level collapse on the defensive aspect. Like the Bills were one of the best you know at, at rushing the quarterback when they were under Jim Schwartz. Rex Ryan comes in, replaces him, and they're like down at the bottom all of a sudden. Now they're terrible at pass rushing. You get all these problems with like a system. Like to me, that's an aspect where then you just outright blame the coach, you outright blame the system, um, because you have you know different player, you have players that were successful in a different system, and now they're not. We turn you know Jerry Hughes, this like cast off pick, into like a superstar stud, and then the second Rex Ryan hits, is kind of like oh okay, where's Jerry Hughes? Enough about football, but to me. I don't think you can put all the blame on Prolly, one because I Ouch. don't think I don't think that in esports in in League of Legends especially, we have actually defined what a coach truly is. I think we're still getting there. I think we're still you have these individual pockets where you have um you have guys like Zix where it's like you have total control over the roster, you're building this long-form system with an academy team. You have guys like Parth and like Prolly who are just really good analytical minds and they're kind of just there to provide the filler around the rest of the team. Like, let's be honest, the real, like, head of TSM is is Reginald, but Parth is the coach. Um, and, and you're trying to figure out all these things. You have, you know, you're pulling just random guys like Unlimited that weren't necessarily the best players, but they kind of, like, all oh, right, my team needs a coach and challenger. Okay, Unlimited does it. And then he kind of gets elevated into the, the limelight. You guys have guys like Nico the Pico or... Um, or Dylan Falco, or Yarg, or, or you know, this list of guys where they learned under other coaches and then it kind of, you build this coaching tree that comes out. So, I, I just, I'm concerned with just putting all the blame on probably because I'm not sure that a thousand percent of it is when, yeah, Yankos is on Gragas, but he played like crap. It's not I mean, like the champion that he was on is a bad champion. Like, Gragas is a good champion in the meta, Yanko's just played terribly. Oduwamne just played terribly. At, at some point, you do have to share the blame of the guys who are physically out there and are trying to perform on the champions. Like, the Trundle pick, I get it. It's kind of an all-in pick, and Oduwamne didn't do really well at it. But from, like, there on out, he's playing Cho'Gath twice. Like, that's a good champion in the meta, and he just sucked.
1: Well, and, and if you don't mind, I never said that he was the entire problem. So don't. I don't like that being that, put in my mouth because I right, want to be that's clear. Right. That's not how I feel about this. I think probably is a big problem. I think that we've seen now that the system doesn't work and I don't think that, you know, we can say, oh man, Yankos didn't play Gragas very well, but there are champions that we know he can play very well and he wasn't put on those champions. So there's a little bit of both sides, right? But yeah, let's be clear. Oduwamne had a rough series. Um, I thought he looked particularly weak in terms of the pressure that we're used to him getting in these matchups. I thought that Che was playing way too cocky. There's a great moment in game two where it, it looked like the bot lane was gonna go H2K's way. It was very solidly in their favor. And he failed to use, uh, as they were getting chased down by G2, either his exhaust or his thick skin. Uh, so he dies, his AD carry dies because he wasn't allowed to protect him and didn't you know, put that exhaust down. And, and things kind of turned around from there in the bot lane. That was a huge problem. I think Fabivin clearly tilted in game three. Uh, he goes for that big Syndra play because he feels like he needs to have that moment. Like, I got to bring my team back into this. And it all backfires. And then from that point on, he was just checked out. I felt like the whole team was checked out at that point. But at some point, we have to look at this and we have to say, H2K has had seven All-Pro players, seven All-Pro awards in 2017. Probably two Coach of the Split Awards in 2017. Zero playoff wins. Like, that has to be an indictment of something. And it's not just... It can't just be the players at this point, because these are players that are widely, critically acclaimed and have won awards on multiple different teams when you look at someone like Fabiv or Jankos Like, this is... These are good players.
0: My, my, my counterpoint is the, 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 the semifinals appearance at Worlds Aside... And and, and Fabian, even for Biven, like, what has Yankos accomplished in his career? What is Oduamne accomplishing? I uh, got. You. What if nuclear One and what a Worlds accomplished?
1: twice on rocket. It, that that doesn't count for anything. That doesn't count before. for anything. Okay,
0: so what they, they, actually that they, achieved, achieved, they haven't achieved, anything. I got
1: it.
0: Cool. Like, One win is, away from worlds is not accomplishing anything. You didn't go to worlds. You didn't win a title. You weren't in the finals. Like that's what I'm saying. It's like what if what if these players like. I, I get the system is an issue I think this has been proven that Pra's system just doesn't work currently but at the same time the players have to go out and execute the system and I don't think they did that either that's that's all I'm all I'm coming at it from
1: I, like I said I had problems with several players but I think that to take like at some point we have to address the elephant in the room and we have to have this conversation about probably and where he stands so i'm I'm going to keep stressing it because we, if we're gonna keep showering him with awards, he better step up to that level of of, of you know, of acclaim. He better step up to that level of praise that we're giving him. And I don't think that what we saw on Sunday was that at all. Um, and I don't think that Jankos played particularly well. I don't think that Oduane played well. I don't think that Che played very well. Um, but I know that they could, like they've played well in, similar spots before on certain champions that they weren't necessarily given. There's a lot of chicken or egg kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and it all added up to what went wrong. Either side of that probably isn't enough to sink them. But when both happen, that's when you have a 3-0 disaster.
0: Absolutely fair. It's funny that you say step up because Fnatic stepped up, I think in a big way over this season. And was very competitive and went on this great run and, and looked like shoe in favorites with G2 slumping, with H2K and, and Unicorns. And, well, Unicorns love slumping, H2K always having this sort of like, oh, yeah, but they've never done it in the playoffs thing. This seemed like Fnatic split to lose. And then they come out and get shell shocked, I think, by Misfits. Chase, fr- from your angle, what happened? because I think this really not not from the Misfits like side but from the Fanatic side this I think caught everyone off guard
1: yeah I mean I think certainly this is a Fanatic team that did very very well and you know is is a team that has talented players and we should have seen those things come to fruition but they didn't and there are two big reasons in my mind I think the first is caps caps got just destroyed I think, for most of the series. Power of Evil is a great player, and we always knew that, but I think Maxwell in particular this series really took advantage of some of Caps' aggressive tendencies in lane. Uh, Game one tried to do way too much on that cast, and he whiffs on that ult, which was just crucial in what could have been a a game-turning fight Uh, late in that game, which was unfortunate uh, for Fnatic fans. I thought his LeBlanc was underwhelming. I don't think he split push particularly effectively on it. Uh, You need to be able to use that wave pressure on the LeBlanc and he just didn't do it. And then in game four, he plays this kind of limp Oriana. These are big concerns. When you have a guy who's led the team in damage per minute, even with everything Reckless has been doing, Caps has been the big team fighter and he's not doing his role, well that puts extra pressure on Reckless who, for whatever reason, was not being put on scaling champions. He played Ash for most of the series. Feels like something like a Twitch would have been great for him. We know he's very good at that. Feels like a Cogma would have been a better fit. Once it became clear that that mid lane matchup was going to be difficult, that's something that I would love to uh, see Dylan Falco improve upon because it did feel like, much like Prawley, he had a plan and he didn't want to adapt when things were going wrong. But... We also need to look at just this laser focus around Baron that destroyed Fnatic, because every single time they get to the mid to late game, they just ran to that Baron pit. That's where all their wards were. That's where all of their you know their fights that they were trying to instigate were. They really believed if we just get this Baron, we will turn and we will close and we will be able to take away a victory. And they lost sight of the risk that that presents, which is that if you lose that fight around Baron, now it goes to your opponent, and now they get that advantage, now they're pushing you in, and then the next time you try to go for Baron, it becomes so much more risky. And that's exactly what happened in this series. They, They took these unnecessary risks more often than not to try to get this objective that they were so confident, if we just get it, then we'll win. And to be fair, Game three against Fnatic shows just how deadly they can be when they do get that Baron. They are the best team in Europe, in my opinion, at using a Baron and closing out games with it. Mm -hmm. So I understand why they like that objective. It is an objective worth prioritizing. But when you can't come up with another way to start a team fight, when you can't take advantage of some of Misfit's big vision issues, which we'll talk about a little bit later, and get those flanks going and really make those fights happen on your terms, it's rough it, it it tells me that you don't understand the larger picture of why this baron helps you and you don't understand why misfits are able to keep keep pace with them in the series and it it really felt like a series in which their macro strategies were exposed and so in this series i think for both teams but especially for fanatic i need to see a greater sense of how to play the map as a whole. Mm -hmm. Rather than just having this one thing that you are particularly great at, you need to be able to influence the map in multiple ways. And the most frustrating part about this is that they've done that. It was before Rift Rivals and they went 5-0. They were the best team in the league at exactly this. And in this series, they couldn't split push with LeBlanc if their life depended on it. It was a very frustrating series to watch, given that Fnatic should have these skills in their arsenal. It uh, doesn't help that Soaz played a particularly poor series, but we
0: knew that was coming. Let's be let's be honest. We knew the Soaz Soaz letdown was coming. We didn't he... expect the Caps one though.
1: No, I, and and Soaz we, we went a whole regular season without it happening. So it, I suppose it was overdue. But man, it's it's tough because you know you play this series ten times. I don't know how many of them you know Fnatic loses in this spot, mm. but. There's just uh, the inability to uh, play the whole map rather than just this one section of it, uh, was their downfall and they're going to have to be the smarter team against H2K because H2K have plenty of talent. They can match tit for tat, you know, for Biven versus Caps, strong matchup. I think
0: lack the same nuance of understanding macro game. I, I don't know if either team understands the macro game right now. Like H2K snowballs
1: with their early Yankos lead and then because they're so far ahead, they win all the fights that they pick and they can just take whatever they want from there without having to really set up for it very well. We saw what happened when H2K had to try to sneak some things against G2, it went very badly. Um, And Fnatic right now are not playing like a team that understands that there are objectives on the map that aren't named Baron. And that hasn't always been the case. I'm more inclined to believe that Fnatic will figure that out
0: that's well, where I, I was going at with that.
1: <laughs> that seems like an easier problem to fix because at least we have evidence of Dylan Falco and Fnatic having that. I think that unfortunately this is just who H2K is. And I think that, you know, we've commented on this show that if things don't work out, there's too much talent on this team, we're gonna see a blow up here in the uh in the off season. And I think I think we're there. Uh, and and they really have to show me something here to tell me that that's not gonna
0: happen the, the blow up is more gonna be holy crap. there's a lot of money in North America. Why am I playing in Europe? I think that's more where the blow-up is gonna come from but I, I I get where you're coming from with that. Mm-hmm. Chase, let's let's just let's just get to the line. let's just get to the line here because this is very important for you. You, mm-hmm. you really need to get some points here because I am I'm up three points on you. Okay, I'm up I thought it was points. two for on, on my count, but that's... Oh, I, it is two points. It is two yes. points. Thank but, you. But you need... I can't win this because if I win it, then the best you the can, best do can do is and tie, and the belt doesn't change on a tie. So...
1: You, oh, is that... I didn't know we had that rule, but yes, that sounds... That, that, seems that is crazy.
0: a... That's a universal rule. The tie always goes to the, the, the runner, the, like, the champion. Like, yeah, that's I, I figured happens. we
1: could have the viewers give us a tiebreaker, but that's fair too. I understand.
0: No. Ty- no, we've always done we've always done ties. We've never matter. tied! We've it never matter.
1: tied. Doesn't matter.
0: Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Do it. I'm sure we have it at some point. We have We're not. Fanatic 30... minus
1: two twelve. Oh sorry, I said fanatic minus two hundred. Yeah, me. you said fanatic 100. minus two hundred. I have
0: it on I have it on my sheet. I can I could say what your line guesses are for you too. I got it right here. Got it right here. Uh speaking of ties, I also said fanatic minus two hundred. Ah, uh, it's Fnatic minus 212, 213, depending on which way you like to round. I am of the. If it's a number of five or above, you round up. So I. It's Fnatic minus 213, according to my counting. Uh, H2K is at plus 160. Uh, just glancing over. Five maps is plus 175. And.
1: What's a Fnatic minus one and a half?
0: Plus 105.
1: Okay.
0: Fnatic, mi- yeah, Fnatic minus one, f- one I, I, and a half. I think
1: that's the one we're going to go with. At least right now. I, I think that this is Fnatic series to lose. I, I know we said that last week, but I didn't see anything from H2K this week that would tell me otherwise. Did, did you? What did you see from H2K? I didn't did see, see anything from, I I see anything from
0: either. Uh, in all honesty. I mean, I guess Game 3 out of Fnatic was pretty, a pretty yeah. pretty strong game, and I would trust their macro more, but, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Either could happen. H2K did make the semifinals of Worlds last year, asterisk or not. It's something. It's also something that we have this final. Yeah, buddy. G2 versus Misfits. I think it's really apropos, honestly. That uh, that both matchups this week in the finals kind of co- like kind of pit each other against each other because I love the, I love the unicorns love I love Yos awesome guys like love them they give me old school Moscow Five feelings but basically since Moscow Five Gambit exited the LCS and G two came in I've kind of been with my boy Ocelot for a while so I kind of feel like a kinship to G two here and you're the only analyst in the offseason that said the Misfits was going to make it. So let, let's let's start with Misfits since they are the the underdog coming into this. Yes. Something else I was wrong about Maxler. Chase, what what did you see coming into the season versus where he can't, got to that it, it, is he the I don't want to say the sole reason but is he the primary reason that misfits are in this position or do you think it's more of a team thing it's more of a them you know getting ensemble more involved like you love maxler so so yeah i really do here's
1: the thing about maxler maxler is great because he does his job and that's something that we don't necessarily (laughs) value plus (laughs) yeah but but when we think about that, we think about it usually in terms of like, oh, he's a big playmaker, right? Yankos is a playmaker. He's this star that we can get behind. The thing about Max is that he doesn't necessarily have flashy plays all the time. Certainly he had more of them in this series than I think we've seen in a while. I thought his Zach was great. I thought his Rengar was surprisingly solid. Um, the Gragas obviously did a whole bunch of work for him. Uh, you know, It's one of those things where what makes him great is that He fulfills whatever the team asks of him. So what was his task back when he was playing for Giants and when he was playing for Misfits for most of this season? It was get his mid laner ahead. And guess what? Power of Evil's landing stats were the best in the league. And Knight's landing stats were among the best in the league back when he was playing. Maxler does a very good job of setting his mid laner up for success because that was what he was asked to do. And when the team was able to win games back then, that was because... He put Power of Evil in that spot. But now the role has shifted. They've realized that he can't just get Power of Evil ahead because Power of Evil can't solo carry games. That's not how Misfits are succeeding because then he tries to do too much because he's the guy and and things kind of backfire. So now they've shifted to a much more team-oriented strategy. Now it's about getting the side lanes ahead. It's about making sure Alfari feels confident. So he's gone from the worst top laning player in the laning phase to above average and beating guys like Soaz in this. Uh, Han Sama is really reaping the benefits of getting more attention in the bot lane. It feels like uh, it's really helped invigorate Ignar, who's free to roam a little bit more because you give him a little bit of help early, now Han Sama can win the lane, now you're free to roam, which was something they weren't previously capable of doing for most of the season. And it all comes down to Maxlord did everything that you would want to get those players in that spot. So then when the big team fight happens, you know, Maxwell isn't the one that's getting all of these kills. He's not gonna have some insane game where it's like, oh my goodness, I can't believe he got, you know, eight kills in this game. He had a whole, I'm I'm counting here. He had a whole six over these four games in kills. But you know what he had? 13 assists in game one 100 percent kill participation because he doesn't take the gold he doesn't take the credit he doesn't get the highlights and the big headlines more often than not but what he does is he makes sure his teammates do he makes sure that whatever their system in place is they're in a position to execute it and when he set these teammates up for success like We have to give a huge amount of credit to the rest of the team because Alfari has improved his laning. He has looked better in initiating teamfights as a result. Power Evil has been playing very well despite getting less pressure pressure from Maxlore in the early game. He's still farming well. He's still taking those early leads. And Han Sama is still a monster. And Ignar's even starting to get back to where he was. Now, this does not fix everything. And this is the thing I think we need to stress when we talk about misfits, because we have to keep those expectations in check. Yes, they know how to team fight. And yes, Maxler is going to do enough that they're going to get to that phase now. They do seem to understand how to play that early game out in a more balanced way, but. That doesn't change the fact that Ignar's positioning is sometimes pretty sloppy. It doesn't change the fact that Misfits only ward one half of the map at any given time, making their plays very easy to spot and making it very easy for them to be flanked, which Fnatic didn't do nearly enough of, but in game three when they did, was devastating. They still make plays around Baron where it's questionable why they were trying to pick that fight in the first place. Uh, And there were moments in which it was clear that they didn't know what the next play on the map needed to be because they hadn't manipulated the waves in such a way that they could immediately capitalize on anything they did. And there were a couple times where they got kills and then got nothing else out of it because none of the waves were in their position. But those are much easier to fix problems than we have one player who can carry a game and if he doesn't do well, we're screwed. This is a fixable system. This is a system that they can improve upon and players can execute better and really, you know, make the most out of. And I think that that's going to keep them competitive in this series. I don't think it's enough to win it, but they are going to be more competitive, I think, than people think.
0: Lore is Draymond Green. This is, sure. this
1: is like, I-, I Except I like Lore.
0: But yes. That's that's fine. I'm not talking about the person. I'm talking about the player. And Draymond Green is that I make everyone better. And, like, yeah, Maxler has definitely had some moments where he's, like, shined, and you're like, damn, Maxler. The, I'm thinking of, like, Zach games in particular where he's just popped out, and you're like, damn, I didn't expect that to come from Maxler. And that's, like, the triple-double Draymond Green games where he scores 35 points. You've got your sharpshooters on the outside, your Steph Curry and Clay Thomas and Power of Evil and Han Sama. I, I think this is this is the pre-Durant, like, Warriors, where it was, like, Iguodala and Barnes that are, like, they're, they're flawed players, but they're still, like, decent, and that's Ignar, and then you've got... Uh, Andrew Bogan is Elfari. you know, does jobs pretty good at some, at some things and the rest of the team make him look a little bit better than I think he actually is. Um, but yeah, Maxlor, Maxlor is definitely a player I whiffed on. I, I remember thinking back of when he joined the team as just I didn't like I didn't like really like him when he went to Rock I didn't understand why Rock wanted to mess up the memento Betsy synergy and go with Maxler, but he he works. Where he goes, he does. He did make his mid-laners better, and now he's added this additional dimension to, okay, I know how to make my mid-laner better, but it can't always be the mid-laner. You have to start spreading it out to everyone else, and that is when Misfits has been at their best is when he is able to spread the floor out, make sure everybody's getting their, their piece, and, and, and performing on all cylinders. The only other comment, the Alfari over Soaz thing, I actually... Like laughed because I still don't think so, as is very good this year. I think he is overrated. I still think he was overrated, yeah, and that's... like that series just further cemented it for
1: me. Let's not use postseason play to I, justify regular I, season I, awards. I'm just
0: saying, like, listen, if you, can you bring up almost pre- universally If you could bring up your preseason prediction now, I get to bring up my, you know, the preseason <laughs> predictions about the playoffs. The regular season awards are not about, about just, the playoffs. Just say it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm also just saying uh, that uh, speaking of, of solidifying their legacy, how the hell did G2 get here? <laughs> Why is G2 playing in the finals? What what
1: happened? Did- it's almost like I kept telling people not to underestimate a three-time defending champion team. Weird. SKT? This is, huh? This is exactly what teams like this do. You know, we they... they st- some, they're never gonna be perfect, right? They, we we are spoiled, really, by two nearly perfect G two splits. Perfect in the twenty sixteen summer split, only one loss, and it was to rock at in the spring split this year. Just had to bring like, it up. Yeah, well, look, the Kingslayers are the Kingslayers for a reason, but it is important to know, like that's like we are used to that being what G two does. Yeah, this split. They had a couple struggles at the beginning of the year. Right after MSI, it felt like they were a little bit behind, which makes sense. Most teams who go to MSI usually are for the first couple of weeks. Uh, you know, they didn't quite close as dominantly as they have in the past, but they still went six and two in their last eight series. And this is when G2 excels. This is when these players are so comfortable in these big moments. They've been here before, they've won on this stage before, they're not afraid of anybody. And Young Buck is a great coach. Put him, put his players in spots where they could do well. I thought Expect played like a monster this series, as he's continued to do I think throughout the regular season. But that that uh that at in game one was just cruel and unusual, and I loved everything about it. Uh, I really loved his chase down potential. You know the the Jarvin took some time, but it got there. Uh, his Gnar is always great. Trick. Say what you will about his champion pool right now. If you let him be comfortable, Trick will do Trick things. And he is very good at counter-jungling, at making, at pressuring his opposing jungler and just exerting his will across the map so that they can get these advantages and squeeze their opponent out so that they they can force these late-game teamfights on the grounds that they want. Perks is really good at League of Legends. And it turns out his Cassiopeia... If you give him the strongest champion in the meta right now, he's going to do pretty well at it. It's crazy, I know, but it was it was great to see. And, and, you know, I I think top to bottom, this team is not quite where we thought they were heading into the season. I don't know if we're there yet. This isn't peak G2 yet. Uh, I think they still have problems, especially when it comes to uh, playing out some of those um mid-game transitioning periods. They're very good, they've gotten the early game a little bit more secure. Uh, Game three was a great example of how well they could snowball it, but kind of transitioning from that point, there are some weird missteps, some fights they didn't need to take. That game two was way bloodier than it needed to be. Uh, Mithy in particular, his positioning could use some work. I think he's still struggling in that regard. It
0: can't be perfect, Chase, come on. Well, it can't be
1: perfect. It is my job to criticize. I am an analyst. It's not my job to pat him on the head. As Ben Yancey-Croshaw once said, the worst thing you could do to an artist is tell them the work is perfect when it isn't. Which is a theory that got him kicked out of a lot of th- finger painting classes, but is totally applicable here. <laughs> that-
0: I, I think the weird feeling that we have is that the other splits of G2 have had such firm identities of what the team was good at and, and how they would win games. And... I, I, I know they have an identity. I know how they win games. I've watched them. I, I understand how they win games. It's not all that different than last splits. But it does seem so much sloppier. So much... The lines are so much blurrier of how they get from A to B or A to Z or, or whatever. And I think that's the problem that I have with G2. I love watching them. I, I, I am firmly entrenched on Perk's Island. Just fully firmly entrenched. I think it is criminal that we talk about, like, Caps as Baby Faker, and, and, and yeah, he has the lane kingdom meme and all these things, but it does seem like he's just such an afterthought when you think about Power of Evil, when you think about uh, Caps, when you do bring up Fibivin. Like, it, it just seems like, because of his attitude, because of the G2 kind of vacation memes, that there is kind of this 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 little bit of a stench that comes off of him when people talk about him. When I think all around, I think he's the best mid laner in Europe. Just, uh, yeah, he's not as good a laner as the or or power of evil i absolutely can see that his lucian is terrible i swear to god young buck don't pick lucian but there's just something about him that instinctually he he makes the plays that he needs to. If it's he has to be the solo killing, I'm just going to kill my lane opponent as LeBlanc over and over again so I can get in a split pushing so I can make picks, whether it's I'm just going to sit back and just wait for Oriana ultimates. It just seems like there's this sort of innate sense of when he has to make plays, and he pulls the trigger at the right times. And it's like when you watch Froggen. Froggen, you constantly feel like he's overextending himself. I, I never feel that with Perks. It always feels like he's found that line and he stays just one step farther, like you know, a step away from it and doesn't really move away from it, even when his team is 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 on the back foot and really desperately needs a play, he buys his time and he waits for it. But yeah, that that's Perks is awesome. Mm-hmm. And watching Power of Evil versus Perks is gonna be pretty epic because you think Power of Evil is one of the best mid-laners in Europe. I kind of agree with you, but I think Perks is the best mid laner in europe and this is going to be a very very fun series to watch in that regard and in our own kind of personal competitive fandom so chase yeah where do you think the line is for this series
1: i have g2 at minus 233 because as much as i like misfits and i I actually think that this could be a closer series than that line would indicate like, Misfits weren't getting any love from the casinos the last two weeks. So I would think the formula would have it as, uh, as they would be pretty heavily favored.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, you're defending <sighs> Guess the Lines World Heavyweight Champion, this guy right here at Chase disappointed in you because i have more faith in misfits than you do nothing about faith i just played the lines they get no love what what did you guess i I, I said g2 minus 300
1: oh yeah you gave him so much more faith clearly it's
0: it's g2 minus 278 misfits are at plus 200 I, i honestly thought you were gonna go like g2 250 275 like in that kind of range that that surprises me because I, I feel like the shellacking that that Misfits kind of put down on Fnatic would have, the the line is exactly where I kind of thought it would be, uh, or where it should be.
1: I want to point out that it was Fnatic minus five twenty six last week, so maybe I had some reason to believe that it would be a particularly high line I'm, against I'm, Misfits I'm, I'm against just, the three I'm, time defending champs. I am
0: surprised that your 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 love for Misfits did not cover color your your line choice.
1: Well, you, That's more you know where, what where man, I'm from,
0: so. All I can say
1: is congratulations. You earned it fair and square. Um, I I really, I did my thing I always do. I started strong, fell off a little bit late. This time was too much. Um, You know, I'm going to come back stronger for Worlds. I think that's, now I just have to throw myself even more into my Worlds prep because I have to make sure this doesn't happen again. Because I can tell already I'm not going to like any of this. Um, I'm sure. (laughs) That when we do our regionals episode next week, it's going to be not very fun for me. But for now, congratulations. Um, well I, done, sir. This
0: this is this has been a long time coming. Um, you know, it, it it comes down to it, Chase. You tried to cut a a, a promo at the beginning, and uh, it's called a promo, son. And uh, you know, I have to come here as a part timer, and I gotta hold the belt because you just can't get the job done. At the end of the day, that's that's why I'm here with the belt. Part timer. You know, her time. You, know, you know, I'm stealing. I'm stealing. Okay. That's what good heels do. We steal from other people. I'm the champion. That's all that matters to me. Uh, other than the lines, because, uh, outside of this, uh, outside of this G2 minus 278 line, uh, five maps is at plus 190. Okay. And yeah, that's about it. That's really the oh. only positive this line.
1: Plus one and a half is what?
0: Uh... Minus
1: 111. I... Uh, I kind of like that.
0: Okay. I,
1: like, I, I think, yeah, it's, it's a little bit safer than going for five maps entirely, but I like this Misfits team, and my big thing about G2 is they're still just a little bit sloppy in starting those fights. Both of these teams want to fight in the mid to late game. Mm -hmm. I think Misfits wants to fight a little bit earlier than G2 does. They usually like to spike around the 25 to 30 minute mark whereas uh, G2 are more in the 30 to 40 minute mark. Mm -hmm. But these teams are gonna wanna fight and right now I think the Misfits absolutely has the potential to at least keep this series close. And if they can keep Trick uncomfortable and I do believe that they're going to target that Sejuani ban a little bit more.
0: Probably, uh, yeah.
1: Past. It seems like a very obvious ban at this point. Um, I, I think that it's in play. So I think for our smart money bets that we've kind of gotten into here, yes. I, I think that's the one I want okay. for that series. Do you do you have a strong feeling about the, the first one?
0: No, I, I, I really don't. Um, okay. I, I, I like no. Fnatic
1: at minus one and a half maps at plus one hundred five because I like betting against H two K in a playoff series. This seems to do pretty well for us overall. This
0: is uh, this is true because that's the bet that succeeded for us uh, in the semifinals. We went one for one last week, hitting on G two at minus one and a half maps at plus one thirty, missing on the Fnatic minus two and a half at plus one seventy five because, yeah, why would a team that we thought we were gonna 3-0 another team actually do that? Um, that puts us at plus 138 for the season. Uh,
1: plus 38 for the season. Because we lost 100 on the losing bet. So we only gained the, yeah, Oh, plus.
0: yeah, that's right, that's right. We're at a whole 38 yeah, in the black. 38, and but you know. we're in the black.
1: And if you're following us on North America, we're way more in the black over there, so.
0: I wonder why.
1: You want to carry us out, Champion? You want to, you want to close this podcast Yes,
0: up? not really, because I know what I have to end it with. You've, you've incessantly spammed me with the, the VOD link, so I have to put it in this thing. Uh, but yes, that has been our, our finals prediction. Uh, odds aside, Chase, odds aside, let's, let's step back for one second. G2 versus Misfits. Final prediction. How many maps? Who wins?
1: I think if I'm going with my head, I think it's a three-one for G2. I agree. If I'm going with my heart, I think it's a three-two for Misfits. I think that it's absolutely in play, with G2 playing as sloppily as they are right now. That's fair. And their strength relying on overpowering Misfits' strength, I think it's in play. But I think that the smart money would be on a three-one for G2. If you were, if there was, if there would had no, like if all bets were created equal, that would be where I'd go. Um, But I do think that Misfits could absolutely sneak this one. And in case you guys are curious, I have Fnatic at a 3-1 as well over H2K. Oh,
0: oh, yeah, I agree. I think both series are 3-1s. Head and heart both tell me the same thing. I agree. That being said, I hope your head and your heart enjoyed this episode of the podcast. I hope you guys are following us on all of our social media, subscribed on YouTube, SoundCloud, I you know, Apple if you get them through the, the iPod store thing. Hope you guys are following us on Twitter at Redshirt's Pod. Uh, at Rough Drafts ah, Pod. <laughs> got there. Wow. No, Redshirt does not have a pod. At least it's not one that I would want to listen to. I like listening to oh. Rough Drafts Pod. I am at C 80s underscore L O L as I bumble through this this outro. Chase, where can the good folks at home find you?
1: You can find me at Redshirt I Please reach out if you want to talk to me about anything that we discussed today. I love talking to you guys. I will be in the comments section. Maybe not as much as I'd like because I'm going to be shipping off to Boston. Whoa. Pretty soon. Literally like right after this podcast. So. We're gonna, you know, I, I'll i do my best, essentially. But if you wanna make sure that you get a hold of me or Walter, you should definitely hang out in our Discord. We've got a great group of people there. We watch games live when we can. We watched the LCK Finals live this week, which was awesome, loved everyone, you know, everyone who got to join us, we had a great time. Uh, You know, we do VOD reviews through there. If you want to watch games with us, we'll go, we'll watch at double speed and kind of go over our thoughts and kind of share that with you guys. Love talking shop about coaching things because obviously, as a former coach, that matters a lot to me. Uh, But yeah, absolutely uh, reach out on any of those places. And thank you guys so much for listening. Obviously, we're going to do regionals next week, but uh, the season is almost wrapping up. And that it's always, uh, it's, it's kind of crazy to think that we're a whole nother year of regional play down the tubes, but it means we're one step closer to what you and I both love, I think. I, I don't know about you. It's my favorite part of the show. Oh, oh
0: I, I absolutely love the World Championship. I, I yeah. love it. Don't get me wrong. As a North American fan, it's the worst thing on the planet, But just like in general, <laughs> it, is, it is a fun month of... Fun League of Legends. I hope we get another moment like the Albus Knox Rox Tiger upset that we did we got to watch that live and, and put the reaction that we had to like the last 10 minutes up on up on the YouTube. I hope we get a lot more of those. Um there should be some. I think we'll have some 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 more live reactions. Uh but yeah, and un, and un, until next time, I am going to have preseason chase <sighs> lead us out. Stay tuned for North America. I'll be ready for that one. And until next time, goodbye, Internet. Like, mm-hmm.
1: they're not going to have their problem this time around. Maxler should have versatility to change some things. I think he's going to be more likely to play around the lanes that you want them to play around. I just, I have a lot of faith in this team. I think they're going to be really good. And I think that, especially if Hansama, the meta works to his strengths and they let him off the hook, I. Oh, boy. I am I am all in on them. I'm willing to to jump that in. And uh and I hope that they live up to it. I think those expectations are there. I think those are the expectations they have for themselves. And anything less than that is going to be a disappointment to both them and me. So come on Misfits. Please back my faith in you. I'm trusting you here. Take I, it home. I agree.
0: I agree. You can follow the Rough Draft Podcast on all your favorite social media sites Twitter at Rough Facebook.com backslash Rough Pod, SoundCloud.com backslash esports rough YouTube.com backslash Rough Podcast, as well as on iTunes by searching for the Rough Draft Podcast. The Rough Draft Podcast is supported by our lovely Patreons at patreon.com backslash Rough Pod. and by viewers like you thanks for listening and goodbye internet